0: All right, so I told you last week, we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare. This is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to approach it a little differently than uh, you normally would. You know, I mean, most of you, when we talk about spiritual warfare, your mind goes immediately to Ephesians chapter 6. But I want to just kind of back into this and just talk about how we're living our lives before the Lord. I was, uh, heard the story the other day about uh, a guy that was a boxer, and, uh, you know, I mean, he was, this guy's getting absolutely killed in the ring. And uh, when he comes to the bell rings and he goes to his corner, his manager and trainer, you know, trying to encourage him, you know, they grab his arms, they're massaging his arms, and they're wiping his brow and putting the Vaseline on. And they're trying to cheer him up. And they said, man, you know, the, you're, you're doing a great job out there. You're doing a great job. The guy hasn't laid a glove on you. And the guy in the corner is just sitting there, and I'm beat to a, a pulp. And he says, well, you better keep an eye on the ref because somebody out there is killing me. You know, as Christians, we kind of get that way too. We kind of go through life and then all of a sudden we find ourselves being beat up and we can't quite figure it out. What's going on? You know, yesterday life was good and then all of a sudden today it's like, what happened? You know, what happened to yesterday? And so I want to, I, I, I you know, I gave this some thought and uh, some of you, uh, I wish I had this on the overhead because a lot of you won't believe it, but you know, this last week, people were asking me how how I'm doing, how you're feeling, and, you know, and I sent a picture of about a five-pound bass that i just caught, and uh, we, Jason and I were at a place called Fayette Lake, and I I responded when they said, how are you feeling? I said, well, life is rough. I said, I'm in Houston, it's 85 degrees, and the bass are running about five pounds apiece. And so, uh, you know, but just before that, I was thinking about this message, and the way I'm going to back into this and talk about spiritual warfare is talking about the favor of God. Because when you've got God on your side, you don't have to worry about anything, right? I mean, you absolutely don't have to worry about a thing. If God is with you, who can be against you? That's a question. All right. Nina got the right answer. we rehearsed that all night long. All right. <laughs> so... Um, but when I think about favor in the Old Testament, my mind immediately, immediately goes to David. Now you remember that David was—he was probably about. I'm, most theologians think that he was a uh, you know, theologian. That's kind of a big fancy word for people that study the Bible. Um, but think that he was about between 13 and 15 years old. We have anybody that's 13 years old here today? A young man that's 13 years old or 14? Right, come here. You in the red right there? Come here. Bob get to me. come here. Come here just a second. I right, want you to stand right right down here. What's your name? Troy. Troy. All right, stand right here. And so so Troy's about the age of David when he fought the giant. Now Bob told me this morning that he is six three, but in order to be nine foot tall, he would have to be up on this third step right here. Okay? Now, Troy. This is the giant you gotta fight. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, look at this. Look at the difference. And Troy's a big man. Thank you guys. I just want you to see it. I, w- I want you to. I want you to see what David was up against. You know. And but the Bible says that before he had to fight the giant, you know, he was going in, and you know, he shows up uh, at the battle, and the giant is cursing the God of Israel, and the Philistines are all cursing the Israelites, and David shows up, and he's like you know, what is going on? I don't get it. I mean, I don't get it. You know, we serve the God, the only God, the God of heaven, David is saying. And it's like, here's the army of Israel, and he's like looking at these guys, some of which were his brothers, who were kind of getting in his face. And, you know, it's just like, well, what are you doing here? How come you even showed up today? How come you're not at home taking care of those few little sheep? But remember, you know, David it's like, you know, what have I done to you? I'm, you know, just, I'm just asking some questions. And so, uh, you know, he says, uh, you know, I'll fight the giant. And Saul tries to put all of this armor on him for protection. And it's so heavy, the poor little, you know, young guy couldn't even walk. I mean, he can't get around. But, see, David knew that God was his protector. And, you know, guys, I want to tell you, there's a story in the New Testament about a woman that Jesus kind of goes to and she says, Lord, I need your help. My daughter is suffering from demonic oppression. And he says that I have come for the lost sheep of Israel. And it's not right to take the bread of the children and give it to dogs. And when you think about that, when you read it, it sounds a little harsh, doesn't it? Okay. But I want to tell you, That, you know, a lot of Christians today, Jesus did come for the house of Israel. But just a few years later, or just a little bit later, after he was resurrected from the dead, and the church was born and the Holy Spirit fell, remember what Jesus told the disciples. We're going to read it just a minute in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait in Jerusalem until you're filled with power from on high, and when you're filled with power on the high, you're going to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria. Remember the Samaritans? They were the half-Jews and half-Syrians you know, Syrians, uh, from Assyria or Syria. And, uh, and then he says, and then to, uh, then to the Gentiles. And so at the moment that Jesus said that, that was true. He had come for the lost sheep of Israel. But I want to tell you that many Christians today or satisfied eating crumbs. And I want to tell you that God has not called you to eat crumbs. I mean, you you are a child of the King. And the Bible says that there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, or male or female. There is no difference in the eyes of God. God loves you the same. He doesn't have, even though Israel are still God's chosen people, He does not have a greater love for Israel today than He does for you. And there's no reason for you to think that you have to eat crumbs. No reason at all, amen? amen. All right. So I use David. I, you know, if I thought, think about people in the Old Testament that had favor, David just, been just jumps to my jumps to my mind. You know, come, he's in the forefront. And so when we 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 go again, when we have spiritual warfare, we have this battle going on in our lives. I want you to hear what the Word of God says from Proverbs chapter three, verses one and four on the screen, also on your phone. If you don't have it, you can get the phone app. but the message is uh, downloaded for today. He says, My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life for many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Anybody in here want long life and peace and prosperity? All right, three or four of you do. Okay. All right, I do, I want that, that's something I want. Then he says, let love and faithfulness never leave you, bind them around your neck, and write them on the table of your heart, and then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. And so, when we're out there on the lake the other day, I'm thinking about my message, and uh, I'm thinking, you know, Jason is like catching fish, he's reeling them in, we're using the same bait. And, man, I'm, you know, my arm's getting sore. I'm casting and casting, nothing's happening. And I just thought, enough, Lord, this is crazy. You know, I mean, he's catching little fish like, you know, like this, and one like this. And um, I thought, Lord, I need your favor. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to, I've thrown everything I can throw. And about that time, man, I snag one, I'm not kidding you. I mean, that guy was like, am I exaggerating? Who saw the picture? Who seen the picture? You you, I'll send you the picture, really. I mean, this guy just all across me, about a five-pounder, you know. I'm thinking, all right, yes, Lord, that's what I'm talking about. I want favor from God. And, I, you know, I, I want to walk daily expecting the favor of God. I don't want to just like, oh, God, you know. You know, you heard that expression. You can wake up and say, you know, oh, God, it's morning or You can wake up in the morning and say, thank God it's morning. You know, I'm excited. I'm ready for the day. Bring it. But uh, so I want to give you just a little bit of history of David. He was anointed king when he was probably between 13 and 15 years old. We know that he had already, at that time, he had already killed a bear and a lion. And then he goes out to face the giant. He was anointed king. But let's say, let's just use 15 for the right number but he didn't really become king until he was about 30 years old. So there's a 15-year time span in there, and in that 15-year time span, this young man went through it. He was running from his life. He was either running from Saul, King Saul. Remember, Saul's heart, you know, wanted David in the castle, wanted him there in the king's palace, but... uh, When Saul heard the women saying, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands, that's called the favor of the Lord. He was already at a very early age, I mean, he was already called and anointed, not eating crumbs, I mean, he is eating from the king's table at this point. And so Saul was, uh, you know, very disturbed, it says he was envious, he was jealous, you know, he, uh, you know, all of a sudden his heart turned toward David and... uh, the Bible says that uh, David would play the harp, and there was an evil spirit that would torment Saul. And when David would pay, play the harp, then it would quiet Saul's spirit. And I know that many of you come in here troubled on Sunday morning, and you know, you're, you're, you're worried and you're anxious about life and about just you know, money or finances, your job, job security, you know, all of those things, your health, all of those things can trouble you. But, you know, when you come into the presence of God, when you come into the worship of God, all of a sudden, you know, your mind leaves those things, and you start focusing on the Lord, and it brings peace. And so David's been anointed king, but remember when Jonathan and Saul had been killed in battle, uh, one of uh, Saul's relatives assumed the same position that Saul had as king over Israel. But David was king over Judah. And uh, it says that one day that, uh, that Saul's army kind of challenged David's army. They were sitting around a pool of water, and um, the commander of Saul's army said, Hey, why don't you bring some of your best fighting men uh, down to the pool, and uh, we'll send some of our best fighting men down to the pool, and we'll just let them spar, we'll just let them fight for a little bit. Let me pick up the story. It says, And Joab, that was the commander of David's army, after the battle, returned home. And when Joab counted his casualties, he discovered that only 19 men were missing in addition to his brother. He says, but 360 of Abner's men had been killed, all from the tribe of Benjamin. And Joab and his men took Ashel's body to Bethlehem and buried him there in his father's tomb. And they traveled all night, And reached Hebron at daybreak. Now, you talk about a lopsided victory. You know why that happened? Because David and his men had the anointing and had the favor of God in their life. See, I want the favor of God in my life. I want to wake up in the morning expecting the favor of God. And then we jump to chapter, that was 2 Samuel chapter 2, 2 Samuel chapter 5. It says, Then all the tribes of Israel, all of the tribes of Israel, Went to David, that means Judah and and all of Israel, those that had been divided. Now listen to what they say. These are some of the signs when God's favor and God's anointing is in your life. It says, we are your own flesh and blood. Another way to say that is we are your family. We are part of your family. He says that your family will start to recognize God moving in your life. They'll probably be the first ones to start to recognize something has changed in your life something is different in your life, and we recognize God's moving, God's favor, and God's anointing in your life. It says, in the past, when Saul was our king, you were the one, really, that led the forces of Israel. As I said earlier, uh, the women shouted out, David had killed his tens of thousands, and the Lord told you that you would be the shepherd of my people, Israel. You will be Israel's leader. So there at Hebron, King David made a covenant before the Lord and all the elders of Israel and they anointed him king of Israel. Now listen, David was 30 years old when he began to reign and he reigned for 40 years in all. He reigned over Judah. This is where the uh, that when 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 he first became king, Israel didn't want any part of him, so he was the king of Judah for 7 years and 6 months and from Jerusalem he reigned over all of Israel for another 33 years. It says, but when the Philistines "...had heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, uh, so he went into the stronghold. And the Philistines arrived and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. And David said to the Lord, should I go out, and listen to this, this is how you become victorious, you don't just assume, I've got, got my men counted here, they've all got swords, they've all got shields, they've all got spears, they've got bows and arrows, they're ready to go. I mean, we've got a strong army here. But before David did any of that, he said, Lord, should I go out and fight these Philistines, and will you hand them over to me? And the Lord replied to David, Yes, go ahead, I will certainly give them over to you. So David went to Baal-perazim and defeated the Philistines there. And then notice what David said. It reminds me of the New Testament. David just proclaimed, you know, this wasn't my victory. Notice he shouts out, the Lord did it. The Lord did it. He gives credit immediately to God for what he's done in his life. Guys, I want us to be quick to point out, when you start having success in your life, when you start being blessed in your life, you better be pointing the finger back to God. You better start giving Him the honor and the glory, or it'll stop. Where you start taking credit, And you start, you know, look at me, then I tell you what, that's that's where it'll stop. And you know, pride will be the, you know, pride pride will pride will do it every time. You know how you can tell if you have pride in your life? When you look at a group photo, what's the first one that you look at? Is you. And if you've taken a bad photo, it's bad. It's a bad photo. If you're good in it and everybody else is bad, it's a good photo. So we got, we, we can't, there's no room for pride in our life. It reminds me, this story really reminds me of, of Peter and John going up to the temple to pray, and there was a lame man there, and, and he was asking for alms, and Peter says, silver and gold, have I not, but what I give you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And a couple of days later, you know, the religious leaders are going crazy because of this. They're saying a notable miracle has been done, and uh, Peter said, don't look at us. Why are you looking at us like it was our, you know, our hands or our power that healed this man it was in the name of jesus christ of nazareth whom you crucified is what peter was saying whom you crucified but god has raised from the dead all of the glory went back to jesus and then you know david says the lord did it he has burst listen to this he has burst through my enemies like a raging flood I love that. That's what I want. That's what I want. Every day when I get up, you've got an enemy. Remember we read last week, I think 1 Peter 5, is it 1 Peter 5, that you have an adversary. The devil is like your adversary, like a roaring lion, going around seeking whom he may devour. And David knew that he had an enemy. It was the Philistines. And uh, But he says that God has burst through my enemies like a, ra- a raging flood. And, um, and that translates the Lord who breaks through or bursts through. And so the Philistines had abandoned their idols there, and David and his men confiscated them. One of the translations said they burned them. They gathered them and burned them. These were the idols that they thought would bring them safety in battle, prosperity in battle, victory in battle that would watch over them. David gathers up all of this trash and goes and burns it. He says, and David asked the Lord, uh, it said, but after a while, the Philistines returned and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. And again, David asked the Lord what to do. Do not attack them. Okay, same army, same situation. The first time, David, God tells David, just meet them head on. This time, you know, he's checking in with God. God, what do I do? I mean, how do I do this? You know, naturally, I mean, in, in, in our natural minds, it's like, okay, God, here they come again. You know, no point. You told me to go uh, fight them last time, so no, no real point in me just asking you or questioning you or seeking your face on what to do, but not David. Now, David says, Lord, here they come again. What do I do? And uh, are we going to fight them the same way? And the Lord says, do not attack them straight on. He says, instead, circle around them, behind them, and attack them near the poplar trees. And when you hear the sound, like marching feet through the tops of the poplar trees, be on alert. That will be the signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. Now, can you imagine the night before when David is giving instruction to his army? and He's telling them the battle plan. He said, okay, guys, now look, listen up. Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to go straight on. We're going to get behind them. And um, we're going to wait by the poplar trees. And when you hear the sound like a marching army in the top of the poplar trees, that's when we attack. What did he say? Did he say when we hear the sound of a marching army, that's when we attack? Is that what he said? Explain it to me. It's like... I'm sure somebody says, listen, it may sound crazy, but I know this guy. Just do what he says. Do what he says. And so David did what the Lord commanded, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gazar, 2 Samuel 5. All right, there's just a few points that I want to bring out in this, in this message today. And I promise you guys, if you'll, if you'll follow this, if you'll be obedient to this, God wants to bring. He doesn't want to just handpick a few people that he shows his favor to. Because when God's favor is up on you, and you're giving the glory to God, it makes the world stand back and take notice. It's like, you know what? And I, the guy's a Christian. He's a Christian. Or she's a Christian. And look what God is doing in their life. So the first thing that you're going you're gonna to see, and these are not necessarily in the, in the right order, but you're going to see promotion in your life. All the tribes of Israel went up to David and told him, we are your own flesh and blood. In the past, Saul was our king. You were the one who really led the forces. So Saul's family and Israel, all of Israel recognized that he was the king, that he was called to be the king. And as we read earlier, he was 30 years old. And he began to reign. He reigned for 40 years. But in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16, it says, a man's gift makes room for him, and brings him before great men. See, I want to tell you that I believe that many of you have great gifts like buried treasure deep within your heart. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives gifts unto men, but it's like the Christmas gift that you've never unwrapped. God's saying, unwrap it today, and let me show myself strong on your behalf. Let me get glory because of what I'm going to do in your life. It says, the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro the whole earth, looking for someone who's right, whose heart is right before him, that he may show himself strong on their behalf. That's called, that's called the favor of God. The second thing is that I want to talk to you about is the peace of God. And David's talking about going out before the Philistines. I believe he had, once God said, Go before them, you're absolutely going to succeed, you're going to be victorious. I believe that it was settled. I don't think that David had any fear, trepidation, or anything in his life. I believe that he thought, you know what, we're going to go out, guys, and we're going to win. God has already said it. God has said it, it's established we're going out to win. And, you know, was he afraid? He probably, I mean, he could have been afraid. I don't know if he was or not. I mean, you talk to, you know, great heroes and men in battle, uh, those that have won the Purple Heart. You ask them if they were afraid. Yeah, they were afraid, but they still moved forward knowing that they were called to do this. You know, how many of you have been to the doctor lately and filled out, you know, the first thing they do is they ask you to fill out a a little sheet of paper. Anybody who's been to a doctor lately? Okay. Okay, a lot of sick people in here today. Uh, But, uh, man, I remember going in, and one of the questions are, were you, are are you afraid to fall? And I thought, I'm thinking, who writes this stuff? Heck, yeah, I'm afraid to fall. Who is it? You know, and then I thought, well, no, I'm not afraid to fall. It's hitting the ground that I'm afraid of. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I, I don't know who writes this stuff, but... Uh, but the Bible says that God will give you peace. I believe that David and his army had peace when they went out before the Philistines. And Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So honestly, when the enemy comes against you, you don't have to roll up your sleeves and say, okay, you know, we're going we're to duke this out. We're going to get it on. Bring it, you know. You, you know, you bring your big stuff, I'll bring my big stuff. Well, my big stuff is God, okay? He is my big gun." You know, he is the one that I'm going to send out in the battle before me. Remember in Second Chronicles where uh, these three armies were coming against Jehoshaphat and God said, this is a battle that you don't need to fight. All you need to do is watch. The Bible says that in James, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's all we need to do is draw near. You know, it, it's not that ongoing battle. Yes, we do need to pray and sometimes we do need to fast, but it is God that's doing the battle. And then in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7, it says, When a man pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And so you're going to get promotion, you're going to get uh, peace in your life, and then you're going to have this newfound power in your life. That's what David had. He had this incredible power because the anointing of God was upon him. And this is what you need. Daily, you need the power of God. And verse 20, it says, David, again, is giving glory to God. He says, the Lord did it. He burst through my enemies. God did it. God did it. Hear that? God did it. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I quoted earlier, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You need the Holy Spirit's power. There's nothing that you need to fear or, you know, uh, or be concerned about about the Holy Spirit's power. You need God's Holy Spirit. You need His power to become victorious and to be successful and to be prosperous. I know that some of you are thinking, you know what, that's all right, I'll just keep on doing it my way. I'm telling you, you can keep doing it your way. You've been doing it your way 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. You will die doing it your way. You will. Stop doing it your way and start doing it God's way if you want to be successful. If you want to be successful, if you want to be prosperous, if you want to be victorious over your enemies, do it God's way. All right, he called the 12 together and he gave them what? Power. And authority over all the demons, and to cure diseases, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. All right, the the fourth thing that he's going to give you. Not only is he going to give you promotion and peace and power, but he's going to give you uh, his um, protection as well. In Proverbs chapter three, verse twenty-six, listen to this: When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster, of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. See, do you understand that? Do you really understand that, that God is on your side? You've got to understand this. No matter what the, you know, the circumstances, the situation that you're in right now, whether it's a health issue or a financial issue, it's like, you know, I told you that I, you know, when I was in the hospital, You know, there were days that I thought, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you, God? I need you. I need you right now. Absolute silence. Absolute silence. I mean, days go by, and I'm like, God, where are you? I need you in my life right now. And, uh, you know, at the point where I was about to give up, you know, I was going to stop praying to, to live and start praying to die. It's like, enough, you know, just take me home, God. Um, you know, you've heard that expression, I was afraid that I was going to uh, live and then I was afraid that I was going to die. You know, you get to that place in, in life, you know, where you just, you know, just like, I don't know if I can go on anymore. But when you reach that place, when you reach that place in your life, and all of us go through these, you know, dark hours of the soul or dark nights that we go through, these, the spiritual doom and gloom that we kind of face, but you have got to keep, stay focused and you've got to have that same breakthrough breakthrough where david said god has broken through for me god has broken through and then i go through several days of that and i wake up at about four o'clock in the morning and i've got the song i'm, I'm just out of a, out of a sound sleep i wake up singing the song and i have a, a little voice notes on my phone and i mean in my sleep i'm grabbing and trying to reach the phone hit the app turn it on and i'm singing this thing so i don't forget it and uh Beautiful song, just, you know, singing hallelujahs to God. And in one moment, from the moment that I closed my eyes on the pillow where I was about to give up on God, to the next morning when I woke up, woke up singing a song. I mean, how often does that happen? That doesn't happen real often. It doesn't happen often to me. And so um, he says that when you lie down, do not be afraid. He goes on to say, the Lord will be at your side. And he will keep your foot from the snare. And that's what he did to me. I know if he did it to me, he'll do it to you. I am no one special. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. Isn't that what you want? Who wants to go through trouble alone? Who wants to go through a difficult time alone? I just want to stand back and just watch God move. I want, him to, I want to watch him move and be victorious on my behalf. And uh, the uh, final thought this morning is that uh, God's going to make you prosperous. And that is in every way, in your body and in your soul and in your spirit. God is going to prosper you. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 9. It says, the Lord your God will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands. Now think about that. Everything, he says, everything that you set your heart and your mind to do, God's saying, I'm going to bless it. I'm going to bless every... That's the kind of person I want to be. I mean, who wakes up in the morning and says, Lord, I just want to lose today. I just want to be a failure today. Could you help me out? Uh, He doesn't need to help you out. You're going to help yourself out plenty with an attitude like that. But I'm telling you that when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, God, I want to be successful today. I want to be prosperous today. I want your hand of protection to be over me and my family today. I want to break through today. I want to bring glory to your name today is what I want to do. That's the kind of day I want to have. And I want you to have the same kind of day. And finally, all right, amen. In Genesis chapter 39, great scripture. You know, this is another person that we could have used. We could have talked about the favor of Joseph. You know, uh, His brothers were envious and jealous. Remember when we talked about the family will recognize, they'll be the first ones to recognize God moving in your life. His brothers started to recognize that God was moving in his life. He started having spiritual dreams. And when he shared it with the family, they weren't too excited about it. You know, we're going to bow down before you? Seriously. You know, but Joseph said, it's what the Lord said in my dream. And so they had a chance to sell him. They sold him into slavery, and then he goes to Potiphar's house, and he's accused of uh, sexually assaulting Potiphar's wife. He's thrown into prison, and this is where we pick up. Uh, It says, the Lord was with Joseph so that he... We're not leaving here until everybody says it. (laughs) The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of the Egyptians, his master, And when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Now that's the kind of life I want to live. And I want you to live that kind of life too. I want that for my children. I want that for your children. I want the Lord to give us success in everything that we do. And then it ends by saying, Joseph found favor. How many of you want favor this morning? Okay. All right, Um, I want to pray for you, and um, I want to ask our prayer ministers if you will come up and just kind of take your places, and we're going to pray for the sick, and so they're going to get oil and anoint you and pray for, you know, um, the Bible says in James, if anyone is sick, let them call for the elders of the church and let them anoint him with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. But before I do that and while they're taking their places, let's just kind of go back and put our minds on on God. I want you to just think about this message this morning. Are you eating crumbs from the table? Or crumbs that actually have fallen from the table? Or are you living that victorious, prosperous, everything you do succeeds life? And if you're not, You know, I want you to. I want you just go ahead and and stand up right now. I want to pray for you. I want to pray God's success and and prosperity in your life. You can stand up. So, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, Lord, you see these that are standing this morning, you know their hearts, their hearts desire. Your Word says that you will give us the desires of our heart when we delight ourselves in the Lord. Father, we know this about David. He wasn't a perfect man. He was a man that was guilty of murder, of adultery, of lying, and uh, there was a season in his life where uh, instead of being on the mountain, he was in the valley, but the story that we just read your anointing and your power, your favor that came of, uh, upon him. Lord, this is the kind of life that we want to live. And God, your word says that you're not a respecter of, of people. Lord, that uh, if you gave David success and caused him to prosper and caused him to have your favor, and your word says with both with God and with man, Lord, that's what we want today. We want the favor of God that causes us to prosper and be successful, that brings honor and glory to your name, Lord, that uh, goes out and defeats our enemies before us, Lord God. That's what we want. We want that in our life today. So if you just take a moment and just kind of just in the quietness of your heart, just say, Lord, I want your favor. I need your favor in my life. I need your prosperity. I need your success in my life. I need your protection in my life. I need your abundant provision in in my life, Lord God. I pray that you would just begin to move on me and your word says that Jesus came to give life and came to give it more abundantly. Lord, I do not want to eat crumbs that fall from the master's table. I want to sit at the king's banquet table. And Father, I want to be a, uh, one of the people that brings glory To your name that individuals can look at my life and see what i've gone through See the hell that i've gone through the fire that i've gone through the deep waters that i've gone through the storms That i've been through and see how i've come out on the other side Unscathed because god you were with me You were with me and lord you said in your word that when trouble comes that you will be with us and lord We're asking for that today lord that we want to be prosperous to bring glory to your name Amen and amen. All right, if you would be seated, I'm going to just ask another question before uh, I release you guys. Uh, With every head bowed and uh, every eye closed, uh, I just want to ask you, you know, have you come to the place where you've really, really and truly received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And if you have not come to that place today, I want to ask you to just raise your hand. You want to receive Jesus. You heard about what I was talking about. This didn't happen to unbelievers. This happened to people that have given their life to Jesus Christ. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to live the kind of life that David lived or Joseph lived or other great men and women in the Bible lived, I want you to raise your hand right now if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. Okay, I see one. Anybody else? Anybody else? You're, You're tired of living, tired of doing the same old thing, tired of living the same old life. You need a breakthrough in your life okay anybody else there's another one and okay all right i see one more one more okay all right i want to pray for you and if you'll just kindly just in the quietness of your heart just say lord um, i'm tired of being beaten i'm tired of, of being tied to the whipping post lord i'm asking you lord god that you would cut me free and that you'd raise me up, raise me up to that mountaintop experience, Lord God. I've been in the valley way too long, and we've walked around this mountain too many times, God. I'm asking you to change my course and change my direction. I receive your son, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior today, and I'm asking you, Lord, that there would be a great breakthrough in my life, that I would have the abundant life that your son, Jesus, spoke about. And Father, that... that you would be before me, Lord God, you would be my shield and, and my my rear guard, that you would be my, my strong tower, Lord, you would be my hope, and Father, all the things that your word says about you, Lord God, you would be that to me, you would give me success and prosperity, and protect me from the, the evil one, and protect me from the and my family from the enemy, God, that you would break through, that you would break through, and that like the um, the the sound that David heard in the mulberry trees of uh, the sound of a marching army, and it says it was going before. And I'm asking you, Lord, that you would go before me and you would pave the way, and that you would lead me in paths of righteousness for your great name's sake. I ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. Let's just give it up for the those that prayed that prayer. Want to just uh, you know thank you, welcome into the kingdom of God. Uh, Why don't you stand, and I'll pray a blessing over you, and then, if you need uh, a fresh anointing from God today, and maybe you want somebody to pray with you, you need a breakthrough. Some of those of you that that stood up earlier, and uh, you're just looking for a new direction uh, in your life, I want to just ask you to go and connect with one of the, the people that's standing up, our prayer ministers, our deacons and elders and prayer ministers here. They will anoint you with oil, and they will pray over you. Father, we bless your holy name, we give you thanks, we give you praise for this day, Lord. We exalt your name and declare that there is no one like you, Lord God. And we pray, Lord, that you would rid us like the Philistines left all their idols behind because the gods that they had did not compare, and they could not save, and they could not deliver, and they could not protect, and they could not cause success and they could not cause this abundant life, Lord. They were garbage, and they threw them away and burned them, Lord God. We would rid ourselves of those things today, Lord God, and ask that you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit and lead us in ways that bring honor and glory to your name. And God's people said, Amen, and we lifted up a shout of praise for victory. Amen. Our God is good. He's a good God. God bless you guys. I love you. Be bold. Be strong, for the Lord your God is with you.